Welcome back to our Freight Waves Intermodal Summit. My name is Kaylee Nix, hosting this fireside chat and talking about how we can better optimize our nation's rail networks through investments in both technology and in equipment. With me today is Nolan Jane. He is the president of digital electronics at Wabtec. Nolan, thank you so much for joining me today for this fireside chat. Thank you. Thank you, Kaylee. Looking forward to it. It's really exciting that we get to have, first off, this entire summit as a whole, but then to talk to you specifically from Wabtech, where you guys are making really, really big, significant investments into this technology and into the electronics and the equipment that are going to help provide some real optimization. Give us a quick little overview about what you guys do and how you're furthering that mission. So, Kelly, look, I think the fundamental reality is that the rail network is a very, very complicated and vast network. And as the industry is growing, as intermodal is growing, the, the need for moving goods from point A to point B at a faster rate and a more optimized rate is very, very critical so that we can keep the supply chains moving. And to make that happen, you know, our digital electronics business has a host of products which are both sitting on board the trains on the locomotives as well as on the wayside and the back office to help you optimize the network in a manner and way that you can increase capacity, you can increase velocity, and you can reduce dwell times. And all of that means that goods, which today, as you know, our ports are choked, our networks are choked, can get to their endpoints faster and sooner than they would typically get. So that's what our focus is, and that's what we are trying to solve for as Zaptec Digital Electronics. And so you guys have a pretty deep reach when it comes to these intermodal challenges. You address things on the locomotive itself, from the freight car, from the freight services, the digital side, the transit, more solutions. What are some of the biggest challenges that you guys are seeing in the intermodal sector right now? Of course, with outside of congestion, because we know that that's just absolutely extreme in every sector of transportation. What are some of those big time challenges hampering the intermodal industry? And what can you talk about when it comes to the ideas for optimizing it and trying to navigate through those challenges? So, look, I think uh, beyond the capacity constraints, which is a well-known fact today, I mean, the other big challenge which the rail industry is dealing with and the world is dealing with in that sense is really the sustainability challenge. So more and more, how do you reduce greenhouse emissions? How do you make our transportation methods more efficient? when it comes to emissions, when it comes to fuel, it's becoming very, very critical. The other element of uh, transportation, which is very critical, is really how do you run a very, very safe operation? And for each of these uh, particular categories beyond capacity, Vaptec Digital Electronics plays a significant role. So I'm not sure how familiar you are with PTC, but PTC is positive train control, and today, PTC solutions from Vaptec are deployed on 22,000 plus locomotives across the North American network, rail network, as well as more than 70,000 miles of uh, track is covered with that particular uh, technology. What it makes sure is that when the trains are moving, we are maintaining a safe distance between these trains. And if at all there is a situation which gets created wherein uh, the trains do not follow the direction of the signals and everything else, at that stage, the PTC takes over and stops the train. So this is critical because it has improved the safety of our operations significantly. In a similar fashion, when I talk about uh, emissions and sustainability, our flagship product called Trip Optimizer, it is basically deployed on 12,000 plus high horsepower locomotives today across the rail network in North America. 
What it does is it reduces greenhouse gases, it reduces fuel burn by as much as 10% and sometimes as high as 12%. And when you reduce that kind of fuel, you of course save a lot of uh, emissions which come along with that particular fuel. So these are just two examples of products which are impacting the sustainability equation, the safety equation. But if I look at the rail network as a system, inclusive of uh, capacity enhancement, inclusive of some of our products which uh, manage the network and the network optimization, then, you know, when you move the train from point A to point B in a faster fashion, in an efficient fashion, you obviously burn less fuel, you obviously don't clog the network, and again, you impact sustainability and emissions. So as you can see, whichever direction you look at, as long as you are improving overall system optimization, whether it is using onboard technologies like PTC and trip optimizer or network optimization solutions like movement planner and precision dispatch, you're trying to make the whole system better, efficient, and productive. So rail networks have been a key part of American transport since the mid-1800s and the inception of the rail network. And since then, it seems like there has kind of been obviously some small growth forward, but it feels like there's been where, where it's good as it can get, right? What type of opportunities are you seeing when it comes to the actual optimization itself? How can we change the entire rail system from maybe what it's used for, how it interacts with the other methods of transportation, and how people are utilizing capacity or utilizing the people who work on the rails to make it more of an efficient and chosen mode of transportation? So, look, I think uh, I'm going to go a little bit broader than rail first, right? The biggest challenge we have when we talk about our sustainable transportation networks and freight systems is how do you make the overall system more efficient? Today, if you replace trucks with rail, you can reduce emissions, you can reduce accident rates, you can improve safety, and of course, you can enhance capacity with the same old infrastructure which already exists today by deploying digital technologies. So this is a great example where you can reduce greenhouse emissions by almost at 75% if you use trains to move the same amount of goods which you move on trucks today, right? And so to me, when we think about what does the future look like, how do we solve those problems, I think the more and more efficient the rail network becomes, the more and more utilization of the rail network goes up, you could actually move cargo movements from the road to trains which will ensure that you free up the roads for passenger transportation and other other modes of use rather than use it for the purposes of freight because freight on trucks congests roads, creates safety issues. I am sure you've experienced driving your car and facing those long, big trucks. I mean, imagine those trucks on the road. How do you deal with them in, in the current environment? So to me, again, goes back to the same three themes, safety, sustainability, capacity enhancements, all those can be enabled with rail. And I think rail is a great, great solution compared to what we are trying to do today with our trucks. Let's talk a little bit about the way that these locomotives of the future are being powered using alternative energy sources rather than just the standard diesel engine. Union Pacific just recently put out a note saying that they're going to transfer some of their existing um, locomotives into this 20% biodiesel network where they're using a biodiesel fuel instead of traditional diesel. You guys just put out an FLX drive battery electric locomotive that can pull up to 5,000 tons of cargo with a battery power. 
how important is these are these alternative fuels and alternative sources of energy being integrated into our rail network? Those are the keys to sustainability. And how has the development and then the adoption of that been in the intermodal networks? Kelly, I mean, look, this is the future, right? We are gone are the days of the oil economy. We all know that with technology developments, with the emergence of new renewable options like biofuel you talked about, or even battery in the future. These are great technologies, and Vaptec at its level continues to invest in these technologies. As you rightly said, we've launched the FlexDrive locomotive. We are now getting ready to commercialize it and productionize it. We've already run a successful demonstration of this particular technology with BNSF in California in the last year or so. So to my mind, you know, this is the future. It's the, it's the investment in this technology which Vaptec is trying to drive today through our initiative like the Freight 2030. And, and future is very exciting because when you start using these newer technologies on batteries, on hydrogen, on uh, biofuels, you obviously would use more and more digital technology because you want to maximize the utilization of these sources of power or sources of energy in a manner that you can burn them efficiently, you can use them efficiently. And again, in that, as I mentioned earlier, the Vaptec digital electronics business is playing a very, very critical role with some of our technologies like trip optimizer, energy management systems, and so on and so forth. So to me, you know, all our railroad customers today have come out there and made that statement that they are committed to reduction of greenhouse gases. They've set very aggressive targets for themselves. Some of them are time to 2030. Some of them are earlier and so on and so forth. We are very closely working with all of these railroad customers to see how we optimize their networks, how we help them adopt newer energy efficient technologies like the flex drive. And of course, combine those or couple those with some of the digital solutions we offer. Nalan, when it comes to optimization, obviously it's got to start with the companies and the rail carriers themselves, but we also have to have some sort of investment into equipment development and infrastructure development to support these new initiatives, right? Having a battery-operated locomotive doesn't matter if the rail yard that you're delivering to doesn't have the capabilities to charge and support that technology. What type of investments need to be made from either a local carrier level, a local government level, or even a federal national rail network level to be able to support these technologies? technology in the future? So again, this has to be a, an initiative which is led by all the key stakeholders, whether it's the government, the state government, the municipality councils, the railroads, the manufacturers like Vaptec and so on and so forth. And I think if all the heads come together and adopt a solutioning approach, you can solve these problems. And to your specific question on how do the yards play the role of what they need to play in this future technology development. You know, when we think about battery technology, we are looking at fast charging, which would happen when the locomotive comes in at a yard, stops there, you know, shifts around the freight cars and everything else. And during that period, it gets the charge back. So there is a concurrent development which is happening on the infrastructure side when it comes to battery charging. But but this is, you know, early days as far as technology development is concerned, because unlike a car on the road, which typically goes 200, 300 miles, remember our trains run very, very long distances and they haul a lot of weight. They haul very long trains. And to that extent, you need a lot of energy and a lot of power sitting on those locomotives. So there are, there are a lot of good dialogues which are happening 
in the last few months, last couple of years. As you probably know, Vaptec presented at the TNI committee. And uh, at that point of time, we pitched the idea of the Freight 2030, which actually is all about developing sustainable technologies and developing technologies to capacity, enhance the capacity, improve safety on our train systems, and so on and so forth. So, so this is a process, I would say. It's not, it's, it's a, it's a, we are in the early stages of the journey. The journey just started, and we've got some distance to go as we progress into time. I'm really glad that you brought up that conversation with the Transportation and Infrastructure Committee because it brings a valid point into perspective that we need support to support these investments, not just from the private sector. We need to have the public sector involved in this too. And we don't get that support unless we make it visible and make it known what the needs are. What are some of those conversations that you guys had with the, T the Transportation and um, Infrastructure Committee and how do you think that it was received? What type of policy do you think could be changed to help further this mission as well? So, look, I think the the most positive piece of this whole situation right now is the current administration is very, very positively oriented towards rail, right? Uh, and clearly the commitment in the infrastructure bill, the commitment uh, of the president to try and make the rail system modernized, drive investment in that particular sector, is giving us the confidence and the encouragement to continue to look at into the future and make those investments. I think the dialogue was pretty focused on those things which I talked about, how trains are safer. You know, there are 22 times less deaths which are happening on the train systems than it happens on the road systems. How can rail substitute some of the road freight transportation options and improve sustainability? And of course, finally, how can we using the existing investments and the existing infrastructure, enhance the capacity of our systems by as much as 50%. Rail today can deliver 50% more goods by deploying the right technologies than what we can do on our road system. And as the economy grows, one of the biggest bottlenecks and you know real challenges we face is how do we continue to expand our supply chains while minimizing infrastructure investments. So it's been a very positive, healthy dialogue. We are looking forward to the outcome of these discussions, and it's an ongoing process as we speak right now. But last thing I would also highlight to you is not only does it enable the rail system, enable the supply chain, we believe in the long term investment in rail can create as much as 250,000 jobs for the country. And that's, again, very, very critical when we think about economic growth and people development and so on and so forth. So let's tie it all in together with the point of intersectionality for all of our modes of transport at the ports. You've got ships coming in, you've got intermodals picking up, you've got truckloads coming in, you've got people getting these goods onto different methods and then it dispersing out. Port congestion is massive. No matter where you're looking right now, ports are delayed. You've got things that are just stacking up, ships, ships stacking up at anchor as well. How can the ports better serve the intermodal community and then better serve both themselves and the rest of the transportation networks? How can they lean on the intermodal community as a source of getting those goods out faster and making things more efficient? So you, you brought up a very, very interesting point because this is one of the big visions we have at Vaptec. You know, we are very, very well entrenched and penetrated in the rail systems as I described to you over the last few minutes. But we also have some presence, I would say, not a large presence, but some presence on the port side. The Port of Los Angeles, we have a product called Port Optimizer, and the Port Optimizer system is basically helping the Port of Los Angeles to de-bottleneck the port right now, which is pretty congested 
and clogged because of all the shipments coming in from all directions across the world. And the port optimizer system or the community system is such that whether you are a shipper, whether you are a shipping company, you are a port operator, all of the stakeholders who are involved in that process have end-to-end -end visibility on where their, their cargo is, when it is going to arrive. And, you know, one of the biggest wastages which happened today in the whole transportation chain is the trade piece. When a cargo or a container arrives in the port, the amount of time it sits in the port and then it moves from the port to the terminal where it gets onwards to a train, you know, that, that period of time is wasted and that's a significant cost. So we are again continuing to play a critical role trying to help our railroad customers think about how do you automate your yards, how do you automate your terminal. And our real vision is a single thread which creates visibility, at least in the near term, from the port to the end destination, whether the cargo is on the train, whether it is sitting at the port, or maybe it is moving from the port to the terminal. And we are working towards some of those technologies to develop that end-to-end -end visibility and the logistic supply chain view. And it is a very, very important part of our strategy for the future as we drive our growth and, of course, enable the industry. That end-to-end -end visibility is the overarching goal, it seems like, of everybody these days. Nalan, thank you so much for joining us today for this fireside chat as part of our FreightWaves Intermodal Summit. If people want to learn a little bit more about Wabtech, the solutions that you guys offer, or they just want to reach out and chat with you, where should they go to do that? I would really encourage them to first and foremost go to our website, wabtechcorp.com. There's a host of information available there. And of course, I mean, uh, feel free to direct some traffic to me. I will also try to act as a traffic cop and send them in the right direction if we can't get to get them the answer on the website. But website is a great starting point for any kind of information you need about Wabtec. But we are so excited to be on this journey of sustainability, capacity enhancement, and safety. And we're looking forward to continue to grow with the industry. Thank you, Kaylee. Thank you for the time. Thank you so much again for joining us. And thank all of you viewers for tuning in for our Intermodal Summit today. Make sure that you're staying active in our live chat right here on live.freightwaves.com. You can also catch us live on LinkedIn. All of these sessions will be recorded and put up for you to watch on demand up on freightwaves.com following the event. Stay tuned. We've got more content on the way.